Welcome to a Prevent Connect podcast, where we explore the prevention of violence against women. This is a project of the California Coalition Against Sexual Assault. Hello, this is Ashley Meyer from Prevent Connect, and today I'm joined by my colleague, Dina Fulton. Hi, Dina. How are you? Doing well, thanks. How are you? Great. And Dean, I'm really excited today. We're going to be talking about some work and partnerships that you did previous to coming to Prevent Connect in North Carolina. And it's really all about prevention evaluation and partnership with the university. So I want to introduce our guest for today. First, we have Laurie Graham, who's the Programs Director at the Orange County Rape Crisis Center in North Carolina. Hi, how are you? Good, thanks. And we also have Rachel Valentine, the Rape Prevention Education Coordinator at the Orange County Rape Crisis Center. Hi, Rachel. Hi there. Thanks for having us, Ashley. And finally, we have Alexis Kralik, the Education Coordinator at the Orange County Rape Crisis Center. Hi, Alexis. Hey, Ashley. Why don't we start out by just talking more about what exactly the Safe Touch and Start Strong programs are? Sure, this is Alexis, and the Safe Touch program is something that we have had in conjunction with the public schools in our county for over 30 years. We are in all 17 elementary schools in the two districts in our county, and we visit every classroom every year, and our program builds on itself each year. So we start in pre-K, the Head Start classrooms, and we go all the way through fifth grade. And ideally, we are also offering training for teachers and education for parents in conjunction with these programs. And we do that through open houses where the parents can come and learn more and some trainings for teachers and social workers and counselors off and on. Over the years, we've been able to do that as well. In uh, pre-K through third grade, we very much focus on the safe and unsafe touch as well as safety saying and empowerment around your body belongs to you. And then in fourth and fifth grade, we add on to the program and talk more about cyberbullying, digital citizenship, and sexual bullying or sexual harassment. And then this leads us into our seventh and ninth grade programs, which we call our Start Strong program. So the Start Strong program is a multi-session, multi-year intervention. It's a collaboration with another local organization that covers the sixth and eighth grade components. So essentially, we're building on the work that the Safe Touch program has already done with students. The students have been through Safe Touch program for six years through all throughout elementary school. So we catch them after that in their middle school and into high school. And our focus is on uh, primary prevention of perpetration of sexual harassment. We approach that through multi-session programming that looks at some amount of empathy building and some empowerment work around body rights, but really also looking at the individual behaviors and encouraging people to look at the ways in which their behaviors related to flirting may be impacted by negative media messaging. We do media literacy the healthy flirting and healthy relationships, some consent education, and really kind of wrap it all up with some bystander empowerment work. Great. That sounds like a really robust program, and I love how you've been able to spread it throughout so many grades, so there's a lot of exposure to those healthy messages. So when it comes to the program, what were you looking to evaluate? 
this is Sorry. We approached this project with a few different goals. So we wanted to, one, assist in improving our program impact and outcomes through the work that we could do in conjunction with the university program. We also wanted to Im- use this information to improve our program sustainability and also maybe attract further evaluation in the future. Thirdly, we wanted to augment our ability to disseminate the Safe Touch program itself and maybe get that out to other communities and support other communities in the work that we're doing and also influence the sexual violence prevention literature because we have a a unique program structure and a unique program that we're offering in our community. Those were some of the pieces that we were thinking about when we wanted to approach having a project like this. One of the questions for, you know, effective primary prevention that people are always trying to get at is what constitutes sufficient dosage. So part of one of our overarching questions here was trying to determine, we think that our multi-year approach, even though we're doing in the elementary schools, only doing one time per year, we had sort of the intuitive sense that over the course of years, the cumulative effect constitutes sufficient dosage for prevention. And so we wanted to get some real evaluation behind that to tell us whether that was actually the case or not. And you partnered with a university. So how and why did that come about? So there is a unique program at UNC Chapel Hill, a university in our community. They have the Gillian School of Global Public Health, where they have a health behavior track that focuses on public health behavior and, and education. And so part of their second year in that program, master's program, is to have a capstone project. And so we found out about the opportunity for community agencies to apply as a capstone site. I had actually worked at another agency previously that had had a capstone team, and they had a wonderful experience. And so we thought about ways that we could partner on evaluation specifically with our programs and what did we want to learn and what could we benefit from with partnering with a team like this. And so out of that desire to look a little bit deeper at our programs, not having necessarily the capacity ourselves to do that, we wanted to find a way to build in more capacity. So we reached out through the capstone project process. So we had to apply as a community agency and submit a proposal for a planned evaluation. And then later they helped us once we were accepted as a site, paired us with a team of five students who were in that health behavior track getting their master's. And they worked with us for their school year to work through the evaluation plan that we came up with at the beginning of the school year. And so they really helped us also shape our goals and projects to best inform what the questions that we were coming with, but also to make it feasible for what they could do during the school year. This is Dina, and I was one of those five students. And just a little bit more about the Capstone program. So it's the beginning of our second year, so we've had a full year of skills building in the public health program. And so we really were looking for ways to apply the skills we were learning in the classroom to real-world situations. And so several, I think there were 18 organizations that pitched, and 11 of them got teams. And classmates of mine were doing everything from evaluations like we were doing to program design and implementation to policy advocacy. So it's a wide range of activities that could fit a lot of different projects. And it sounds like such a great example of a campus community partnership. What was it like to work with that capstone team? 
Amazing. Yeah, it was amazing. <laughs> all jump in at once. But yeah, we had a wonderful experience. And I think we can talk about sort of challenges and strengths of the project as well as just overall by the end of it, having such a wonderful experience. And I think it's interesting with as a community agency, we do bring things to the table as far as this type of collaboration. So more of that real world perspective and experience and on the ground work, a real life learning environment, and also sort of expertise in providing prevention education and programming and an understanding of what's feasible to implement in our setting. And the UNC students brought wonderful research expertise. They had mentors who are working with them as well to provide oversight. They brought fresh eyes to our long-existing programs and evaluation processes. They had dedicated time for the project that we don't have. We don't have the capacity to do an evaluation of this kind on our own, nor the necessary expertise for that type of evaluation. But we learned a lot that we can implement more of that in the future. And they also brought the ability to produce really specific professional deliverables or products that we could use that help further our mission as an agency. And they were new supporters to our movement, too, and to our agency. Several of the students had experience in this area specifically, but they just brought a lot of energy and support in participating in other aspects of our work as well, which was really wonderful. And Dina, you know, I'm wondering what it was like for you as a public health student. I think that it's so important for these types of programs to really build in something like this where you're really getting a chance as a student to do the on-the-ground work and to apply the concepts that you're learning. Absolutely. It was the first full-scale evaluation that I've ever done and that any of my partners in, in my capstone group had ever done. And it was a chance to take the theories and the best practices we were learning in our classes and actually look at what that meant to see a real program with real participants and real staff and look at how you could take all of those components and apply what you've learned in school to those components. And it was interesting coming from a school of public health. I think one of the challenges that we faced in the beginning really reflects something that's going on in the field right now. We were coming as a the evaluation from a very public health linear perspective and the center had a more social change sort of perspective and we had to really talk and have lots of conversations about how to meld those two in a productive way and it took some conversation but I think in the end we were able to really produce products that were useful both from the public health perspective and for the organization itself. Wow, I think that's a really essential point about that kind of tension between the academics and the social justice perspective. And Lari, Rachel, and Alexis, I'm wondering for you, how was that process for you kind of meeting on your, you know, with your social justice perspective and their public health perspective? This is Rachel speaking. At first, it took us a few starts and stops to understand what was the translation issue that we were having. Uh, you know, we were looking at requests that we would get from the capstone team, and I would just look at Alexis and say, this doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> I don't get how this works. It's a square peg in a circular hole. But something that I think was really great about this partnership was that there was a lot of ongoing process evaluation built into it. We were constantly checking in about how is this going? What can we be doing to streamline this better? How can we better communicate across, really across work languages and work cultures? And so it took a little bit of time to get there, but I think everybody was pretty clear on what that challenge was early on. So it became kind of a creative challenge. This is Alexis. I felt that, you know, sometimes we would get these questions and I just couldn't understand what they were asking for. 
So it took some time in learning new definitions and things like that, which which was a great learning experience. And it was also helpful for me to understand that, that our capstone team that we were working with face-to-face was not only receiving input from us, but was also receiving input from their professors and their mentors. You know, so they were kind of bridging those two, that divide where all of our different languages were, were trying to come together and trying to sort it out. But I do feel that by the end of the project, I was clear on everything, and the deliverables were were really amazing products for us to have, and they're all in languages that we can understand. And I think Dina can speak to this as well. This is Laurie. So a piece of what we've talked about so far is around challenge around communication language, sort of different forms of talking about similar issues, the same thing. And so I think we all learn from each other in that. But also having a little bit of a sort of a gap between real world feasibility and academic goals and sort of having to sort through what is feasible given our setting, given our partnerships, the programs we have, and in the school system that we're working in, and how can we do our best to implement the best evaluation possible given the setting and the amount of time given. So that also, I think, was a great learning experience for all of us throughout the process. And it sounds like you got a product that you could really use. So can you tell me a little bit more about the outcome of this whole partnership? Yes, and this is Laurie. I'll give a brief sort of overview, and then Alexis and Rachel can speak to specific products. But we were able to, at the beginning of the project, to develop a full evaluation plan with the team. So it really gave us a timeline and goals and a really great starting place to work from. We engaged in two different evaluation projects, basically. So we had a process evaluation going on with our Start Strong program, which Rachel can speak a little bit more to. And we had outcome evaluation tools that went into looking at our Safe Touch program. So those were two different process and outcome evaluation. We got tools specifically from that that we can use in the future. And then we also had a process evaluation report for the Start Strong program and an outcome evaluation report for the others. So we can use those products to disseminate the information that we learned and gained from the evaluations that they implemented. And this is Alexis. I can speak to the Safe Touch Outcome Evaluation. We did surveys in fourth and fifth grade programs, and some of the findings were that there is knowledge retention from prior years. In fourth grade and fifth grade, they remember what they learned the year before, which says to us that our curriculum is successfully building upon previous years. And they also found a greater knowledge and positive beliefs regarding intervening in a cyberbullying or sexual bullying situation. So that felt great that, you know, the information we're presenting is sticking with the students. They also found that there were no differences in intention to report. And then we're able to provide us with some strategies that we could implement and that I'm going to use this year to go back to the school system and say, hey, we love an extra, you know, 10 minutes per class. We'd really like to focus more on bystander awareness because of the findings of this study. And, you know, when I do my annual report with the 
schools. I was able to include the summary of this evaluation and will be able to use it to advocate for expanding our program as well. So, you know, the tools that we came out with for Safe Touch, the outcome evaluation, I have the survey that we'll probably continue to do for the fourth and fifth grade classroom. It's a pre-test and a post-test, as well as the summary and the data that I can use to continue to advocate for our program and show that it works, which is really exciting. Well, I can already tell you that a lot of people are going to want to talk to you more about this partnership and your evaluation. Laurie, Rachel, and Alexis, if folks want to contact you, how can they do that? Um, they could contact us in a few different ways. So our office would be great and to ask for probably Rachel or Alexis. Um, here it's 919-968-4647. So that's always um, available. We're typically open Mondays through Fridays from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. And we also have an info email account, info at ocrcc.org. And that is also a great way to get in touch with us. Great, and I'm going to offer info, I-N-F-O, at preventconnect.org as a way to get in touch with us and specifically Dina to talk about her role in this program as well. I have been talking to Laurie Graham, Rachel Valentine, and Alexis Kralik from the Orange County Rape Crisis Center in North Carolina, and I've been joined by Dina Fulton, my colleague here at Prevent Connect. So, Laurie, Rachel, and Alexis, I just want to end by asking if you could share just a couple of lessons learned from this process. I'll offer one that we have learned that this type of partnership is absolutely something we want to engage in in the future, and that is because of all those benefits that we have received from the evaluation project and the partnerships that we've developed. This is Alexis. I think one thing that I've learned, I've been working in the field of domestic violence and sexual assault prevention for about 15 years now. And I, I think that, you know, there's, there's a disconnect between, you know, the field work and the academic world. And I think that we both have so much to offer each other. And I encourage more programs to reach out to their local universities and researchers. You know, it, it might be intimidating at first because we speak a different language, but we both, I think, can can gain so much from being patient and sticking with it and um, creating a really great evaluation of the work that's being done on the ground. There's so little evaluation going on of programs like ours, and I would just encourage people to take the step to do that. Well, what a great note on which to end. I want to thank you all for joining me. It's been great to hear about this partnership and your work, and I look forward to learning more about your work as it continues. Thank you. Thank you all. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Thank you for listening to this Prevent Connect podcast. Prevent Connect is a project of the California Coalition Against Sexual Assault with funding from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. The views presented on Prevent Connect are not necessarily the views of the United States government, the CDC, or CalCASA. To learn more about Prevent Connect, visit www.preventconnect.org. For more information about CalCASA's mission or to show your support, visit calcasa.org. That's C-A-L-C-A-S-A dot O-R-G.